there's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. So much rage. So much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take your dog away from you. It keeps Caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light. It lies to her. It says things only a child can understand. It has been using her to restrain the others. To her, it simply is another child. To us, it is the beast. Now let's go get your daughter. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, let's dive back in to the top 80 albums of 1982. This is part two of eight. So let's continue on with... Number 70 right here, a band who was on their third album by 1982. This album came out in the summer of 82, produced by a guy who had produced all their other albums prior to this, Ray Manzarek from The Doors. Yeah, the keyboard player produced the initial albums by X. Great band from California right here, bridging the gap between punk rock music and old school rockabilly. That'd be kind of a decent revival in the early 80s. More on that later. But getting back to this album by X, Under the Big Black Sun is the name of it. Pretty cool record right here. Not my favorite, but not their worst. They don't have a whole lot of records anyway. So, and once again, like I said on the previous episode, these are kind of around, if you're doing like the 10 star system, these albums are kind of on the 6 to 7 star range right here. Good for a handful of songs, but not perfect albums. But I feel like they definitely should be here on this countdown for sure. So... Kicking off the show here today, I'm going to go with the title track from this album. It is Under the Big Black Sun. Under the big black sun. 
kicking off the show here today was X from the album Under the Big Black Sun. That was the song of the same name, the title track. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving over to entry number 69 is this guy right here who just barely made it here in 1982. Put out a record right in the last week of 1982 with his 10th solo album. And I say solo album because this guy has all these other albums with all these other bands, most notably the Naz and Utopia. Talking about Todd Rundgren and this album called The Ever Popular Tortured Artist Effect. Now, this would be one of his more successful solo albums. Not his most heralded. That would be reserved for Something Anything, which came out 10 years prior to that. We talked about that on the top albums of 1972. Go back and check that one out. But I would have to say, overall, his most successful solo song is probably Bang the Drum All Day, or at least it's his most popular at this point in time. Sometimes those things take a shift, not so much the chart success, but just the overall trajectory of a song. But that song is definitely on this album. But I'm going to go with something else. Weirdly enough, even though that's the obvious hit and it's super catchy, was not the first single released off of the album. So I'm actually going to go with the quote-unquote failed first single right here, which I think is actually pretty cool. So to represent this album here, Ever Popular Tortured Artist Effect by Todd Rundgren, this is Hideaway.
message through the air to you. Get on my wavelength and I'll tell you which way to go to my hideaway. Super prolific artist right there, Todd Rundgren, and of course known very well as a producer, and he self-produced that record as well. But that was Hideaway. Hope you enjoyed that. And this next entry, another guy who self-produces, at least he self-produced this record for him that came out on April 8th of 1982. Coming in at number 68 here on the countdown is Dave Edmonds, guy I don't play a whole lot on the show. I've played him before here and there, but... Yeah, every time I listen to Dave's records, I'm always blown away by the fact that he's not American. He's just one of those guys who, he's from Wales, and he totally just understands Americana, American music, whatever you want to call it, country music, like he just has that thing in his soul. It's what he was meant to play. So I appreciate the guy. I think he's a massive talent part of that cool kind of throwback scene in the late 70s that was into American soul music and early American rock and roll, like Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe and people like that that he's associated with. Uh, But yeah, I dig it. This album is called DE7, which is a clever title. Uh, But yeah, like I said, if you like throwback rockabilly stuff, leaning into American classic country, then I think you're going to like this album. Something a little different than we've already heard on the countdown, so... Fits in quite nicely here at number 68, and here's the kickoff track from that record. This song is called From Small Things. Wait. 
Dave Edmonds right there for you. A lot of fun, if you ask me. That was from Small Things, and in parentheses, Big Things One Day Come. That's from the album DE7. It's out there and about if you want to give it a shot. You know, maybe try a best of, see what you think of the guy. All right, moving on here. And with this next entry, I feel like we jumped a little bit of a plateau in quality and must-ownability. This album may be a controversial pick as far as the low placement that I have it here on the countdown. But here's two things. Honestly, point-wise, it matches up with a whole lot of things that it's behind and also in front of. So it's just one of those things where it's just how I was feeling at the moment. And this is definitely not me trying to come off as a snob in any way or as any kind of authority raging against you know popularity or chart success or anything like that. I have just never had that thing with this album, but I like half of it a whole lot. Like the half I like is really, really good enough to make it, I think, an album you should own. That being said, I feel like half of it's very filler and just never has hit with me at all. So that's my reasoning for having it, quote unquote, this low on the list. Talking about this band's last proper album. We don't talk about the one that supposedly came out a few years after this, but the last real album by The Clash, which came out on May 14th of 1982. Now I'm called Combat Rock. It was produced by the great Glenn Johns. And of course, their two biggest hits in their career are off of this album, Rock the Casbah and, of course, The Monster, Should I Stay or Should I Go. And I really like those songs a lot. That's part of the half of this album that I really like along with Straight to Hell. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of armchair opinions about what this album could have been or should have been, but it, it's not my band, so it's not my call. But for my money, I definitely would have held back This Is Radio Clash and put it on this album because it was a single-only release. Definitely could have been put on this record and made it better. Also, I just recently listened to the anniversary edition of Combat Rock, which has a lot of the outtakes and alternate mixes and B-sides and what have you. And I actually kind of like the alternate version of Sean Flynn better. I think that should probably have made the record instead. I don't know, but that's just things like that. But of course, my favorite, favorite, favorite song and one of the best Clash songs ever is the one that kicks off Combat Rock, and that's the one I'm going to use to represent this record. So, in tribute to the better half of Combat Rock, this is The Clash with Know Your Rights. This is a public service announcement with guitar!
coming in at number 67. Yeah, I know, probably too low. But that was The Clash from the Combat Rock album. That was the great Know Your Rights, one of the great punk rock songs of all time. A lot of truth in that one for sure, and that's why it cuts so deep. Moving on here to number 66 here on the countdown is a band that as long as I've known music, I've known this band. And it's another one of those bands. I've talked about this previously. I think it was, yeah, I was talking about Sammy Hagar. I was like, he doesn't have that perfect album. And I feel like this band doesn't have that perfect album either. I definitely have a favorite by this band, but I just, I don't think they have any tens in their catalog, which is sad because they're one of the great pop rock acts. Actually, I guess you could throw them in the R&B category for sure. They're actually the most successful duo of all time. So suck it, Simon and Garfunkel. Talk about Daryl Hall and John Oates. Their album H2O came out here in 1982. It was self-produced along with Neil Kernan. One of their more successful and best-selling albums of all time, of course, due to the fact that they just are never a lack of having those super strong singles to put out. This is the album that has Maneater on it and the great ballad One on One. I'm going to go with the third single, which definitely was a hit. It charted decently, but it's definitely not as regarded as highly as those other two songs I mentioned right there. So I'm going to go with them and be a champion for this song. And actually, this was a song that is a cover. This song was released a year prior to this. And here's here's a fun fact for you by Mike Oldfield. Yeah, the guy responsible for Tubular Bells, which is known more popularly as the theme for The Exorcist. But yeah, Mike Oldfield had a song out the year prior to this with a female singer on it because he doesn't really sing. And it didn't really chart or anything, but I guess somebody in the Hollow Notes camp heard it was like, I'm going to cover that. I'm assuming that's how it happened. Who knows? Maybe somebody involved in the album worked on this one as well and was like, hey, try this song out. But no matter how it happened, I'm glad they did because I think this is a pretty cool song right here. So I'm going to use it to represent the H2O album. I really wanted to put Maneater on here as well because I've always loved Maneater. It was one of my first favorite songs, but I will go with this one right here. Still a single, but not as obvious. So here you go. This is Family Man.
Might what? Might what, Daryl? You might what? I've always had that question in my head. But, yes, nothing like a classic pop song about turning down a hooker that has propositioned you. But there you go. That was Family Man by Hollow Notes from H2O, our number 66th album of the top 80 of 1982. And we move on to number 65 with this one right here. And like I said, starting with The Clash, I think this countdown is getting a little bit better in quality. Overall good albums, like any good countdown should. This one right here, I've really liked this album for a good amount of my life. It's once again, not perfect, but I think it's definitely one of those albums you should definitely hear as far as being an essential album from 1982. This band right here was on their third full-length album. came out on October 1st, uh, co-produced by Bob Sargent and member of the band Ranking Roger. Talking about the beat, or the English beat if you live over here in the States, and the album Special Beat Service. This song has easily their most successful song ever. Save it for later. Everybody knows that song. Maybe they might know I Confess. But I feel like almost as importantly as Save It For Later, I'm going to play my favorite song off of this album. You may know this song more as an extended instrumental song and see if you can guess it just by hearing it with vocals this time. So I'm going to play it for you right here from Special Beat Service. This is the English Beat with Rotating Head.
All right, there you go. English Beat with Rotating Head from Special Beat Service. Did you guess where you've probably heard that song before? Well, if you're still struggling or you just got it right away, I'll just say, like, the remix instrumental version of that song, which I it's by a different name. I'm forgetting it. I don't have it in front of me. But, yes, that song was used very famously in the scene where he has to run home real fast before he's caught in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, so there you go. Now we're in peak 80s mode right now with that song. But we continue on here, number 64, with another band that you just think 80s, but they actually are a 70s band as far as when they first started. They started in the mid-70s as a video-only band that finally started to put out records a few years after the fact. One of the most innovative bands of all time that's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Talking about Devo, they had their fifth album, or at least their fifth full-length album out in 1982. I'll just tell you straight up, I use Wikipedia to get the date and the producer when I do these shows. I'm not one of these podcasters or quote-unquote DJs that lean on Wikipedia during their shift. You know who you are, but I just do it for that little box stat, you know, with all the stats there with the release date and the producer. And everything else I say offhand is out of my brain. But I will say this, getting the stats off of this, I did scroll down a little bit. So I want, you know, I always check to see if there's any interesting facts about like who wrote the song or whatever. But I found out some interesting background on Devo's fifth album here, which, by the way, is called Oh No, It's Devo. came out October 21st, 1982, produced by the great Roy Thomas Baker. Go look up that guy's stuff. It's just a great catalog of stuff. Uh, But yes, this Oh No, It's Devo record, I didn't know this at all. But there's a song towards the end of the album called I Desire, which was co-written by some of the guys in Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh and Jerry Cassell, but also co-written by John Hinckley Jr., the would-be assassin of Ronald Reagan. They jacked one of his poems that got published like in an article or a paper somewhere, and they used it in their song. They got a lot of shit for that, but that's pretty punk rock, honestly. Like, I don't condone the act, in a sense, but that's a, that's a pretty wild thing to do. And I, I can't believe I had never heard that before, as I guess this story just kind of got buried just to not give them the kind of attention they might have been looking for. But yes, this album, Oh No, It's Devo. And like I said with a few other bands, Hollow Notes resemble this, Sammy Hagar resembles this. If you stick within the single releases off of each album, you're going to be fine. There are a handful of album tracks that are definitely worth it. But once again, another band that I don't think has a perfect, perfect album. Uh, But there's enough stuff to like on this album that I enjoyed on this go-around here with it. Usually when I listen to Devo, I go on a marathon. But in this case, I just listened to the one album. It's pretty cool. As they say, that's good. (laughs) It's one of the singles on the album. Of course, I also like Peekaboo. And I thought this was a single, but it's not. This is just one of those songs that I've always loved. And when I got my CD copy of Devo's Greatest Hits back in the day, this was a song that was on there. And I've always liked it for that reason. And it's just a cool song. Once again, I can't believe it wasn't a single. Maybe it was the proposed third single that never got off the ground that the label just gave up on the album. I'm not sure. But I'm going to use this song to represent Oh No, It's Devo. So check it out. It's a nice gem right here. This one's called Big Mess.
right, some Devo right there. Greatness. That was Big Mess from Oh No, It's Devo coming in at number 64 here on the countdown. And moving over to something completely different, coming in at number 63 is the sixth album by this band right here, Rainbow. Yeah. And in 1982, Rainbow here on their album Straight Between the Eyes, which did come out on April 12th, produced by their bass player at the time, Roger Glover. You know, that guy via Deep Purple, much like Richie. But yeah, right here, a pretty strong outing for Rainbow. I'm not the biggest Rainbow guy, but when I listen to the records, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a pretty cool band, actually. I, I dig them. Kind of like Deep Purple in that sense. There's a lot of tie-in to them because I have a similar fandom of theirs. I usually like their albums more often than not, but they're not in my you know upper echelon or anything. But all the talent, all the respect for sure. Uh, fun fact, I did see that on the personnel of this album that Bobby Rondinelli played drums on this record, and I, I believe he might have replaced Cozy Pal in the band after the 70s, if I have that right. But the thing I know Bobby for also, just you know, besides some of these associations, is the fact that he auditioned for Kiss after Peter Chris quit the band, so after Peter Chris was fired. So I do know that. He was like in the running because he wasn't well known either and he was a good drummer he had a big head of black hair so yeah there you go a little would-be drummer for kiss right here in bobby rondinelli but of course this album straight between the eyes has one of their most successful radio songs of all time stone cold that's undeniable of course great song a classic i'm gonna go with this one right here this one gave me all the deep purple vibes in in the best possible way an epic song here that closed off the record so in kind of a rare thing that i don't do a whole lot i'm gonna play the last track on the album to represent it because i feel like it's a strong song this album should be heard overall it's pretty damn good so here you go this is eyes of fire turn it up
kind of almost sounded like a predecessor to Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers album that would happen a couple of years after this. But yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. But there you have it. And they came in here at number 63 on our top albums chart. Coming in at number 62 in the top 80 albums of 1982 is another blues-based hard rock act from England and a favorite of mine, Whitesnake. So they're here on their fifth album here in 1982. This album came out in November of 1982, produced by the now late great Martin Birch. And they are one album away from their American breakthrough, which slided in. Of course, they would become superstars by the time 1987 rolled around. This album right here, Saints and Sinners, as far as like the pre-fame era of Whitesnake, at least in the States, I know they were bigger you know, in England at the time. But, you know, the the notable thing on this album is that two of these songs would be re-recorded and included on said 1987 self-titled Monster Record there, the White Snake album. Of course, Here I Go Again, which exists in its earlier form on this album. I'm not going to play that. I'm going to play the other one right here because, man, if there is an amazing killer kickoff track for that, uh, for any album, it's Crying in the Rain on that 87 record which actually closes side one on this version. If you have the vinyl like I do, it closes off side one. So weird placement in my opinion. Of course, I'm just not used to hearing it as anything but an opener. But yeah, if you've never heard this before, come along and check it out. Here's the OG version of Crying in the Rain.
right, Crying in the Rain right there by Whitesnake, version one off of Saints and Sinners. Hope you enjoyed that. And we're up to the end here of this particular part of the show. We have one more song to do. So coming in at number 61 is this album that came out here on July 2nd of 1982, uh, produced by Jeff Emmerich, who was an Abbey Road engineer. He had a hand in some of the biggest Beatles albums of all time and just a lot of other huge notable records. But yes, Elvis Costello and the Attractions with Imperial Bedroom. This one's kind of the end of an era and the beginning of another one where Elvis is kind of trying to get away from the garage rock stuff and he's moving over into studio experimentation, which using a guy like Jeff definitely almost might inspire you to do that. Uh, But not using Nick Lowe, that was a big deal at the time. Uh, There's some things on Imperial Bedroom I like quite a bit. I don't think it's like a super essential album of his. He's got such a huge intimidating catalog. I think this one is not in the upper echelon, but probably closer to the middle. Uh, But that being said, the placement of this on the countdown is almost specifically due to the fact that it contains probably my favorite song ever by Elvis Costello. So it got bumped up quite a bit for that reason, and I'm closing off the show with it here today. What a great idea. So to represent Imperial Bedroom, my favorite Elvis Costello song, The Man Out of Time. Where he came to hide When he ran from you In a private detective overcoat Dirty dead man's shoes The pretty things of Knightsbridge Lying for a minister of state a far cry from the northern wind Here at Tracer's Gate Cause the high helios The bee has been ground down And it listens for the footsteps That would follow him Public imagination For his private wife and kids Somehow real life becomes a rumor Days of such courage Just creep and Slept his energy and sense of humor He's got a mind like a sewer And a heart like a fridge Stands to be insulted and it is for the privilege. To murder my love is a crime, but will.
biggest wheels of industry Retire shop and short And after dinner overtures And nothing but an afterthought Somebody's creeping in the kitchen There's a reputation to be made Whose nerves are always on a knife's edge Who's a plate polishing the blade Love is always got the ring of power and a phony You drink yourself insensitive and hate yourself in the morning Tonight my love is a crime Closing off the show here today and coming in at number 61 on our top 80 albums of 1982. That was Elvis Costello and the Attractions with the great Man Out of Time. Hope you enjoyed that. And of course, we got plenty more shows to go. We got six more parts of this album countdown for 1982. Hope you're along with me on this ride here. Of course, once again, I say it every time. It can only get better from here. So tune in to the next one all throughout this week because we're marathon this bad boy. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10. And the direct email is rockstrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high quality, soft as heck, next level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is 
rocksnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.